You're listening to Season 2, Episode 11 of the Attempt Adventure Podcast. Podcast all about travel, finding adventure every day, and seeking out adventurous ways to make life more interesting. From Bangkok, Thailand, I'm your host, Michael DeRogers, joined as always by my co-host, James Barrett from Boulder, Colorado. Yes, sir. Well, James, in this episode, I'm going to be having a conversation with Brittany Sharman from The Traveling House Sitters. We talk about her adventures around the world. We talk about her globe-trotting house-sitting adventures, which is an incredible way to travel, uh, as well as just share some tips about becoming a house sitter and kind of getting into that field as well. So it's a great conversation. Had a lot of fun talking to Brittany. But first, James, before we get into that, did you do anything new or adventurous this week? Let me think. It's hard when we might have to change this segment. Uh, Okay. Have you been outdoors? Have you been outside anywhere? I mean, I was gone. I just got back on Tuesday night. Okay. What about your road trip? How was your road trip? Did you, did you see anything interesting on the drive? (laughs) I got a speeding ticket. (laughs) It's new. It was my first one ever. Oh, you can talk about that if you want to, but you might not want to. uh, Incriminate myself. Incriminate yourself. That's the thing. Yeah, I think we're going to have to, we'll talk about that at some point. If we keep recording a bunch of them at once, I don't know if we can keep this segment what it is. I know, which is a shame because it's a cool idea. I really like the segment. You know, I like being forced to do something new. We're going to have to figure something out with that. I'll take a penalty. Screw it. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you, you did not do anything new or adventurous this week, which is fine. No, I did not. So James, in that case. I have completed my other penalty. So this is not a... Double penalty scenario. Maybe James, I, I don't know. For for uh, transparency's sake, do you just want to explain to the uh, to our listeners what is going on with us this week? <laughs> Why we're yeah, having trouble okay. having done something? <laughs> so to everyone listening, Michael and I are trying really hard to get ahead. The do something new every week. What's the word I'm looking for? It was created in a time where we were recording one episode a week. We are now recording two or three episodes at a time. So right like today we recorded two episodes. So that's two weeks worth of episodes. Obviously we can't travel into the future and do something new and exciting to come back. Right. So we're working on a, on what to do about that. But for now I didn't for this week's episode, I did not do anything else new or exciting. See, James, I didn't either. And the thing is, <laughs> it's only been like a week and we've recorded like five episodes in the last week real time. And so that's why yes. we actually have uh, we had a penalty, which we haven't even shared with you guys. Like we, we have completed them, but we haven't finished the videos because it's actually only been like a week, <laughs> which means today, James, I'm going to spin the wheel with you as well. So maybe our All thing right. today, since we haven't done something new, now we're going to know what we need to do new for next time. OK, as well. So I'll take it. I'll take it. So what I'm going to do, James, this time you got your phone. I I figured out what we're going to do. I'm going to call you. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to just hold it up to my screen and you can see what you get. All right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's why it seems like we aren't doing anything. We're we're very adventurous. Don't worry, guys. (laughs) Don't worry, folks. We're very adventurous. Um, Okay. I'm calling you now. Okay, James, you're... 
task is to discover a local Ooh. haunted site. Doesn't necessarily mean okay. you have to go there, but you can research it, maybe drive past it, uh, learn about it, and give me a presentation about a local haunted site somewhere in Boulder that is haunted. That could just be a research project. I can do that. Sweet. It might be my house. I feel like my house is haunted. <laughs> well, you can find out about it and you let me know. So that'll be fun. And that's a pretty easy one because that's just research. So you can just maybe I'll, I'll give you a week for that. We'll talk about that in our next yeah, uh, next week's episode. So next week we'll talk about both of our penalties. Okay. All four of our penalties. Yep. So you don't have to do anything new next week. Oh boy. Here's yours. Okay. Mine, James, is to discover my nearest historical marker. And I, you actually had that one sometime in the past, uh, but that's what I'm mm-hmm. doing today. So, okay. Very good. I'm going to, I'm going to quit calling you now. Okay, so that was uh, that was that was what that was, <laughs> but there we go. So you have to discover your nearest local haunted site. I have to find a historical marker, and we'll give each other presentations about them. And so for those, I guess it's kind of hard to make a video about that. So we'll just do the presentation here because that's enough proof. If we've researched it, it means we're able to talk about it. So, yep. The next episode, we are going to be talking about all four of our challenges. All right, so that next episode will have been two weeks real time. That's when you're going to get that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to figure something out with that or else we're going to be doing a lot of penalties, which right. I mean, could be fun. Yeah, if we add like 100 different things to the list or something like that, that if could we, be fun as well. I mean, if we have, if we do that, if we keep adding more or get suggestions and things like that, that can just be our what you're doing this week. Yeah, instead of what did you do last week, what are you going to do this yeah. week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, well, we can talk about that. We can figure that out. If this happens next time, we'll, we'll discuss that. But uh, that's a good <laughs> idea. We might just replace it if we get a lot of ideas for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do have a request for you guys. If you would, would you please share and review the show? Maybe even just word of mouth or share it on social media. Uh, we're always happy to have new listeners. And if there's someone that you know that you think might be interested in adventure and outdoor stuff and travel, why don't you uh, pass us on to them? Next, just a little reminder of our monthly challenge. This is, I believe, your last week to get it in. It is from Linda King, of course, and it is travel writing. Write approximately a thousand words about where you live. Uh, Act like a travel writer. It's fun. And lastly, if you do want to support the show, I'd like to invite you guys to check out our Ko-fi page. It's ko-fi.com slash attemptadventure. So there you can leave us a small donation if you want to buy us a beer or a coffee you can also join one of our membership tiers where you get some benefits and also help support our show. As I said, in this episode, we're going to be talking to Brittany Sharman, the globetrotting house sitter from thetravelinghousesitters.com. So enjoy the episode, everyone. Enjoy the interview. All right. Well, welcome to the show. So glad that you're here. Well, first thing that we always like to ask our guests is just to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you live, what you do, and what is your history, your relationship with adventure? Yeah, my name's Brittany. I'm from the Traveling House Sitters. I've been house sitting for about five years. This was pre-COVID. Um, I've house sat in about 15 countries, looked after about 40 homes. So that includes New Zealand, Australia, Italy, Greece, France, Montenegro. Uh, we did some in Thailand and in the UK. Yeah, so I've been going for a while. That's really incredible. How did you get into that? How did you discover that was even a possibility? Yeah, so I was living in London at the time and I was just going to meet up with a friend at the park and she showed up with the dog. And I was just kind of, oh, where did you get this guy from? She's like, 
on house sitting at the moment oh. and she was explaining it to me and just living in the most beautiful part of London and we were used to living in share houses at that time so I was pretty impressed and kind of asked her a few questions and then I ended up signing up myself and doing a few house sits when we were living there. That's amazing because I think a lot of times one of the things that keeps people from traveling the world is that accommodations just get so expensive. So you've mentioned some of the places that you had stayed. What do you think were the most interesting or the most, um, your, your best experiences house sitting around the world? Um, well, we had six weeks living in Rome. That was incredible. We had a lot of time. It was midsummer, so it was really busy and really, really hot. And it was so nice because we could just go out, explore one place in the morning and then by the time it got too hot we can go home we didn't feel the pressure to be out all day and you know you get that pressure you put yourself when you're traveling you think I've spent this much money I've got to do it all today so it was nice to just go slow in Rome explore everything and we right. also really enjoyed uh, Montenegro and then in Greece we were there for about six weeks as well in a beautiful home that overlooked the ocean that's awesome what do you think are the benefits that you get from staying in a home rather than uh, a hotel or a guest house Probably the number one thing is the community. Mm. Um, a lot of the time, the homeowners, they want to introduce you to their friends. They want to show you their favorite cafes and bakeries and markets. So the community you get. And also, we love that you can, you have a full kitchen, you can cook, mm. you know, you can do your washing. You kind of just feel like you're at home, but on the road. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. I think that's super cool. It really, I guess, gives you that sort of uh, that local experience that you don't get when you're acting like a tourist, right? So how does it work? How do people find you and how do you decide that you want to go and take care of their property for them? Usually, um, if I know I'm heading to a certain location, I check, there's a few housing websites we use and I'll just jump on there each morning and see if it pops up in that area and then I'll apply for it. Um, I know some people, they just kind of see what's out there and they'll apply for it and go to those locations. I try and get places where I think I want to go to. Have you ever had any kind of, I don't know, misunderstandings with neighbors or even with the homeowners that could lead to some some uh, funny stories or experiences? We haven't had any misunderstandings. I think one thing, actually, we um, are looking after these dogs in France and we mm. just thought they were really disobedient. They wouldn't listen to us at all. And then finally we realized that all of our commands were not in French. Oh, how funny. So we had to ask the homeowners, you know, sit, stay. And after that, they were incredible. And I think we're even That's pronouncing so their names wrong. On the subject of pets, so dogs, I guess cats, what other kind of pets have you had to look after? Dogs, cats, chicken. We looked after a turtle. Yeah, he was it. And uh, very fast. You'd let him out of the cage for a minute and he'd be gone some rabbits as well a lot of people do farm sitting which is kind of really in demand but we don't have I don't have much experience with that so I kind of that's one thing when you're looking at house sits you can filter by uh, just look after cats just dogs or you can say no animals at all because some people kind of aren't comfortable with you know looking after a dog or they might be allergic right so you can kind of filter out ones what are the unexpected things that have happened while you were staying at someone else's home or just in your travels in general I can't think of a particular house incident, but I've got a good story in one of our travels. Okay. Um, we were, we were in, going in between a house in Montenegro and Greece, and we'd heard all these things about Albania. Um, mm. The roads are bad. The people aren't friendly, all these sorts of things. We're a bit nervous. And so we'll drive here the country. It was beautiful. It was actually some of the nicest roads we'd driven in Europe. And then our camper van broke down. Oh, no. So we're on the side of the road. And some friendly locals kind of came and tried to give us a hand. They called some friends to look at the van. They couldn't fix it, so they called some more of their friends. Eventually, someone towed it. And this is all done by Google Translate. No one could get out. We weren't 
conversing with each other. Um, they couldn't get the van going, so they let us stay in the workshop overnight in the van. The oh, next wow. day they rocked up coffee and breakfast for us, and they, were, they tried to fix it all day. And eventually we said to them, well, this is via Google Translate, we said, do you want to buy the van? We don't really want it anymore. We don't want to drive <laughs> all the way back to the UK to sell it. And right. we sold it to this uh, workshop, and then they took us home to their family home. We had dinner with the whole family. And then oh, they cool. drove us to the bus station and we caught a bus down to Greece. So that's probably one of the biggest adventures we had. And yeah. just when you have a preconceived notion about something, it's so nice when that kind of all gets broken down and we're still like in contact with them. So it's not so oh, nice. Cool. That's really cool. Uh, those are the kind of travel experiences that you remember years later. So what kind of objects might you find in a home in one country that would be maybe unusual in another country or vice versa? What are some things that homes all across the world have in common? You know, everyone keeps their kitchen the same. Like after okay. all the houses I've done, everyone has their kitchen the same. You've stumped me on that one. But I'd have to say <laughs> I used to think that most people would have internet. Yeah. But I've actually come across quite a few that don't have Wi-Fi in their house. So I thought that mm. was a bit of a common thing. So that's like I now do have Wi-Fi. You, people, you don't realise kind of um, how odd things are until you start explaining it to other people. Like we had one dog. And the peop- this was a, um, a Newfoundland. So it's one of those ones that are about 50 or 60 kilos. Mm-hmm. And they said um, every morning he gets a kilo and a half of minced meat with three rice cakes crumbled on top with a sprinkle of oregano. So, I mean, have you had any trouble with the pets? Has that ever been a major issue? It is stressful because you're kind of looking after someone's two most important things is their home and right. their pets. So I count myself so lucky that I've never had really any emergencies never had to take an animal to the vet anything like that I have seen that happen before with other house sitters mm. we have had one cat and when we arrived it um threw up in my suitcase and the people saw oh. it and they're like oh we're so sorry um he does that every day <coughs> and we were so lucky that it kind of happened because if it did happen during a sit we would have been so worried it's panicking and yeah like, so we need to take him to the vet other than that we haven't really had any issues with animals so um you know touch wood that kind of that luck kind of uh, keeps going <laughs> Right. No, that's something I'd be worried about or like having a pipe burst or having some kind of emergency. Have you ever had to deal with any kind of emergencies? I actually have had one. I had um, a situation where I pushed the toaster down and it managed to trip the whole house out. Oh, no. And safety switch wouldn't work. And it was about it was like eight o'clock at night. So it was pitch black. And I'm trying to get the safety switch on. I called the emergency um, electrician and they're like, oh, it's a $600 call out fee. Oh. And so I was like, oh, God, all right, I might just wait a bit. And then eventually it puts back on oh, the uh, safety switch. But the next morning, the um, when it had tripped, it had somehow surged the hot water system. So oh. the hot water system was oh, broken. No. So I got in touch with the homeowners and they got a plumber to come out. They got an electrician to come out. They had a look at everything. And they realized it was the toaster surging the house every time. But they couldn't get the hot water system to work. So for about... Four or five days, I had no hot water, middle of oh winter, and surprisingly, it does get really cold here in Australia in winter, so having a cold shower was very nice, but I think that was, and I, I just felt so incredibly guilty about that, but, about that, but they said that's fine, like it would have happened if we were home, so they were great about it. And I think with a lot of the with a lot of the um, house-sitting platforms as well, you get covered for insurance as well, oh, good. if anything okay. really goes wrong. Like, how do you prepare for that? Do you like try to look up the, I don't know, the emergency numbers, things like that ahead of time? Because I know that a lot of that can be very different from one country to the next. If somebody wants to do what you do, how can they make sure that they're prepared for these kinds of emergencies? 
Well, I have like a little pre-arrival document that I send to the homeowner and that has all like mm. uh, where is your power box located? Where is it? What's the emergency numbers? Where's the vet? Do you know, do you give me permission to pay? Do you, how does that all kind of work? So I have a whole bunch of questions I send over okay. ahead of time. That kind of gives me a chance to think about it rather than getting there and they're packing and they're busy and they're, you're trying to ask them all these things. So I get that ahead of time because one time we actually had another situation where the power went out and we spent about two or three hours looking for the power box, couldn't mm-hmm. find it anywhere. And we were about to call the homeowner and one of us must have opened something in the kitchen and they'd redone the house at some point and the power box oh. was inside of a, a kitchen cupboard. Oh no. So that's just like, yeah, just like these little things happen. And now we put that on the, um, our little pre-arrival document. That's so important. Okay. That's great. So just be prepared, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's fascinating. Yeah, and it has everything from what day is your bin day? What, you know, where, what color bins go out when all those little things that you wouldn't think, but it's just yeah. really handy to have rather than calling up when someone's on holidays and go, oh, what day's bin day? I think it's those are the things that you learn from experience, right? Every time that you realize you yes, don't know yes. something, you got to add it to the list. Yeah. And it's not just been houses because in your email to me, you mentioned something about a boat as well. So what, what was that like boat sitting? Well, that one wasn't actually me. That was uh, Jay. So he okay. now sits as well with me. Okay. And we were actually, we'd done nine months house sitting around Europe and I'd already promised my family I was going to come home for Christmas. We got an email from a woman who lived in Granada, which is off one of the islands in the Caribbean. And she had okay. a boat there, a nice catamaran. And she wanted a house sitter for three or four months. So Jay ended up going there and doing that. So we had this really cute little cat in the catamaran and he loved it. Internet was a bit dicey, but other than that, it was incredible. And then we were met after that house sit, we were meant to meet in Mexico for another house sit. That was April 2020. So kind of. So I guess, uh, was that the last time that you had been out like internationally? Yeah, that was. And I am hoping at the end of the year, I can get back to Mexico because I've got all this flight credit I want to use. Right. So is that, that's your next stop then Mexico and, and uh, that part of the world? I haven't locked it in. I am on, I look at Skyscanner now and then, but that's kind of like the next place I want to go to. Yeah. I think that we're just, we're at this point now. We're so close. We're so close. I think a couple more months and we'll be back to traveling. (laughs) I think people start to get a bit of confidence booking things as well. Right. Right. It's less likely to be canceled last minute or anything like that at this point. I'm seeing so many more house sits come up. I think especially with summer kind of coming up in the Northern Hemisphere, just so many coming up. Great. Well, what were the uh, maybe the most exciting homes or the most interesting homes that you've been in? The one we had in Greece was this incredible home. We're about an hour out of Athens on the coast. So it kind of looked like a Greek island, but it was more of a local place. And the home was just beautiful. We could see just we had about, you know, 180 degree view of the ocean. And then one weekend, the um, homeowner, she actually had to come home just for a night. And she said it was a Sunday. And she said, I'd love to do a um, a Sunday lunch with you. So mm. she invited all the family around. She had us in the kitchen. She was showing us all of her recipes. You know, we were cooking with her. And we just spent the whole day with the family. It was incredible. So that was probably wow. one of our favorite ones we did. How cool. Now, you mentioned that you are a digital nomad as well, that you're working while traveling, which is really the dream. So it'll tell me more about that, too, because I think that's another thing that our listeners would love to hear about. So I'm a web developer. I worked in an agency before when I was living in London. <laughs> and then once we started the house sitting, I've gone out on my own. So it kind of it really works well together because... You don't have that stress of uh, monthly expenses coming in every mm. week, every month, sorry. 
So you can right. kind of focus on your business, focus on what you're doing rather than think, oh, I've got to make, you know, this much for rent this month. You can really focus on what you're doing. And I think house sitting, it kind of just gives you that freedom to work from anywhere as long as you get a house with Wi-Fi. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think it's much easier than living in an Airbnb where you, yeah. most homes, they might have an actual office, you know, just at the kitchen table or something mm-hmm. like that. And it works. I think it just works really well in together with um, digital nomads and house sitting. I guess you get that extra level of comfort. What are some of the biggest challenges that you face when you're house sitting? I think it's kind trying to get the house that's to line up. Um, mm. When you're sitting with an, when you're house sitting with another person, it's quite easy because you can kind of do that. Um, have one person in one place and one person in the other one if you overlap. But if right. you do, if we, we've had a few times, we've had a few days in between a house sit, we just get an Airbnb or kind of just use that as like a bit of a holiday, a bit of a getaway. So I think it is trying to get things to line up. That can be a bit of a challenge. And I think mm. also it's kind of, you can't pack too much when you're moving, you know, every single month. And I think if digital nomads will know this, you don't want to have too much stuff. So just kind of yeah. keeping things to a minimum, that's been one of the challenges. If someone wants to get into this, how could somebody start? What are some of the most important resources? I wouldn't really have many resources when we're getting started. I think mm-hmm. the main thing we did was we didn't realize at the time, but we were applying around Christmas. Mm-hmm. So we, we probably started applying around October and we didn't really get much, you know, sending a few applications out and then applied for a couple in December and and all of a sudden, everyone kept emailing back saying, yep, yep, can you come? Can we meet you? Wow. And we didn't realize that kind of starting in that holiday period, there's just so much demand that people are willing to take you on when you don't have as many references. Right. So we did that. And then I also suggest to people, um, maybe uh, ask friends and family if you could house it for them. That kind of gives you an indication if it's because some people might not really mm. enjoy that kind of living in someone else's home or the stress of the responsibility. So I think that having a go with friends and family is a great way to start. And also just doing it locally in your own town. Like when we did the one in London, she said, oh, you know, you live around the corner. Why do you want a house sit here? And we said, yeah. just kind of building up these references. So I think the references are one of the most important things. It's kind of like a job. People right. want to be able to see what you've done, your experience and that. Um, I've got some resources on our site, the Traveling House Sitters, which is how to get started. And that mainly is just okay. building up your uh, references. We yeah. also used um, yeah. just a little screenshot of our Airbnb reviews. So just mm. kind of that social proof that people like to see. Right. Well, tell us more about your site. What can people find there? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just the travelinghousesitters.com. And on there, we have all of our experiences from each country we've been in, mm. as well as just um, how to build your references, how to, because we do a lot of housing in Australia as well, because I'm Australian, um, how to start housing in Australia, um, how to house it internationally, just kind of all the, because I have a Facebook group, a community, mm. and we have about 7,000 people in there. And I've just kind of, whenever I get a question in there someone asks you know can we house it as a family can we house it with our own animals can we house Mm -hmm. it with kids just all those kind of different questions I try to uh, make a resource for people so I can send them there and you know give them all the information at once so yeah we have We've interviewed quite a few house-sitting families. So that's also a big thing as well. People always say, can we, you know, go as a family? And you definitely can. A few of the house-sitting websites, you can actually filter, you know, is this appropriate for kids to bring and things like that. Are there any uh, little tips that maybe people might overlook? Something that you would always carry with you that you wouldn't want to count on someone else having at their home or just any other little tips that could make it a more positive or a more comfortable experience? 
I think that really my best tip is sending that um, document ahead of time because if, like I said before, when someone's leaving for a holiday, they're kind of all over the place. So kind of getting all that information down on a piece of paper might make you feel a little more relaxed knowing where the vet is, what their um, number is, just a local contact. You know, Mm -hmm. they might have a friend around the corner you can call if anything goes wrong. And just uh, and on that document, we also have how often do you want to be contacted, all the kind of things that it's going to make it a positive experience for you and the homeowner. And hopefully you'll get a good review afterwards. (laughs) Right. How much communication do you typically have with the homeowners? We always say, do you want to, do you want photos or videos? Do you want them daily? Do you want that mm-hmm. once a week? And some people will say, only contact me if it's a problem. Or okay. some people, we looked after one um, one woman's cats and they they were quite they were Instagram famous. They probably had ah. about 10,000 followers. Oh, how cool. And she wanted three or four photos a day of the cats doing <laughs> things. Um, they were That's quite fun. interesting pair. These cats would not like to watch YouTube all day long. <laughs> um yeah so we got so, so yeah each one's different and they want um different kind of contact sometimes we've had a few elderly um animals and the people just want to know how they're getting on each day mm-hmm. and if their medication is going or you know how that's going so it kind of varies from each house set what does adventure mean to you because there's a lot of different ways that people seek out adventure and of course that's the theme of our show I'd probably say adventure means to me is exploring a new place kind of mm-hmm. learning all about the community the culture and the food kind of I like to see how people interact with each other and I find like you can learn so much about each other when you can see how they're what sort of food they prepare and how they enjoy Mm. it and how they enjoy it together so you can tell I'm a big foodie here oh yeah but I think that's that's my favorite thing is just you know walking around a new city and just kind of poking your head into shops and all those sorts of things that's kind of adventure for me (laughs) right Yep. Well, I think that's that's cool. And probably when you are staying at someone's home, you're not going to be in the, you know, the main tourist center with all of the hostels and the guest houses. You're probably in a much more like authentically local neighborhood as well, I would imagine, right? Yeah, much more homely. The one we were in Rome, we were only a 15 minute walk into the city, into like mm-hmm. the city center. But uh, before the homeowner left, he took us around and he showed us his favorite little bakery and his favorite coffee nice. shop and finding those places incredible. So, and they're not the kind of places you're ever going to see on a 10 places to see in Rome kind of list. It's a new way of traveling. And it's something that for me, I've just never considered it before, you know, trying to travel that way. And, you know, finding good accommodations, uh, good and affordable accommodations is not easy. Awesome. So uh, what are some of the websites that you use for uh, finding these opportunities? I use mainly trusted house sitters. I like them. I find it's kind of like the Airbnb of our house sitting is all every, all the homeowners are there and all the house sitters are there and all the best ones are there. But what you might find is a little more competition. Mm -hmm. So if you are going to a certain region, there are more localized house sitting sites. So in Australia, we have about four or five. So if you are heading to a certain region, um, if you want to, you can reach out to me and tell me I'm going to the UK or I'm going to Canada or I'm going to Asia, and I can kind of point you in the direction of where I think is the best place to look for house sits. Okay. Because like you were saying before, um, so different different areas are kind of more um, used to house sitting. And I'd say mm. in Asia, it's not quite as big yet. But okay. what we've found is it's quite big in um, expat areas. So in right. Bangkok, Singapore, and those, those people, they've got animals, but they also head home for a month or two every year. So you can also join expat groups as well and kind of advertise your services right. in areas where it's not popular and kind of introduce the concept to people. Because once they realize they don't have to put their dog in um, the kennel 
or right, they right. have to be friends or family to house it. They're kind of quite open to the idea of it as well. That's really interesting. Yeah, I think we need to look into that. My wife is a veterinarian, so that might be uh, she might be able to help take care of the animals also. Which yeah, is, that'd be a great thing so, to put yeah. on your profile. <laughs> Definitely. Well, so you've already shouted out your website, but where can people find you online? Yeah, I'd probably say the best place to find me would be in the Facebook group. I'm there mm-hmm. uh, every day answering everyone's questions. And so that's just, I I can give you the link for that. So it's just, um, I can't actually remember what it is right now, but I'm sure I can send it over to you. You can put it in the show notes. Yes, certainly will. Yep. So there's 8,000 people in there. We have a mix of homeowners, uh, new house sitters, um, experienced house sitters. So we have people putting up um, jobs in there to for looking for house sitters. We also have people helping each other and all those sorts of things. So that's probably the best place to find me. Very cool. And yes, again, we will put links to all of that, whatever, uh, whatever social media, whatever groups, websites, whatever you send me, everyone can find that on our show notes in the podcast description and on our website. Awesome. Well, it has been so much fun. This is like a new opportunity. I feel like the world is, <laughs> has expanded, something I never considered. Do you have any final uh, messages that you'd like to give to the Attempt Adventure listeners? I think that you just have to get out there and the world's not as big, scary place like people yeah. might, you might think it is, like Al- Albania trip. Like once you actually get out there and you start experiences, you realize that people just want to meet you and chat to you and want to help each other. So mm-hmm. I think get out there and have an adventure and you're going to enjoy it. Awesome. Love it. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I hope that our listeners feel inspired and that they uh, definitely come and join your group and check out your website and uh, we'll maybe give this a try themselves. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure. I really am glad that we got to sit down and have this talk today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. That's really cool. So James, I've never done like international house sitting. It's one of those things that it's like it never even occurred to me. You know, it's a totally new way of traveling. And like we mentioned in the episode, sometimes accommodations are the biggest cost of travel. Oh, 100%. It's it's one of those things I never even thought about doing. You know, there's had I not been able to stay with you, my trips to Thailand would be very different. Mm-hmm. Very, very different. Pretty much anywhere you go, yeah, accommodations are going to be... One the definitely top two, I would say most expensive. Yeah. Maybe flights and accommodations, yeah. Things if you're going on a fancy trip, flights probably or will be more expensive than accommodations, but definitely mm. second. I have never even considered. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> I did not know, but I mean, it's it makes sense. It does. Like when I travel, James, I travel really cheap. I don't stay in hostels, like. Well, I do stay in hostels, but I usually won't bother staying in a dorm anymore. <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm past that. You, you used to. I, I have before. Yeah, I have before. I never really enjoyed it. I've had to before, but you can still stay at very cheap accommodations. We're talking $10, $15 a night, sometimes mm-hmm. less here in Thailand and Southeast Asia. They're bare bones. Sometimes they don't have air conditioning. Like that floating guest house we stayed at just had a fan, but that, that was, was really, really nice. That was really cool though. Yeah, yeah, it was. And it wasn't uncomfortable. It wasn't really hot either. We got lucky, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I've stayed at very cheap places. But if you're house sitting, you get to stay at like real houses and not just real houses, houses of people who are rich enough to want somebody to take care of their house for them while they're gone. <laughs> so they're usually nice, totally different yeah, situation. I mean, definitely. I mean, that it's a brilliant idea. I don't, that's all I got. It's so smart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. So, uh, James, what are some of your favorite accommodations you've stayed at while you were traveling? Anything unique? 
That floating hotel. Floating hotel in Kanchanaburi on the river. I think, I mean, again, it was pretty bare bones. I mean, it had beds, it had a fan, it had an air conditioning unit, but they didn't work. <laughs> I think you had to pay extra to get them to turn it on for you. Did you? Oh. <laughs> I think so. Hmm. But anyway, I mean, that place was a lot of fun. Maybe because it was New yeah. Year's and we just sat outside drinking chong all night. Yeah. And with what's her name, that lady? With a school teacher who definitely didn't drink. She drank like a quarter of the beer we gave her. It was upsetting. And then she left us to go party with some man. <laughs> yeah. Like we weren't like we weren't good enough. <laughs> anyway, that place was a lot of fun. The hotel that we stayed at when we went to Fort Lauderdale. Oh, that was just really nice. It was just really nice. Like nothing super unique or anything about it, but the lady at the desk was really nice and gave us an ocean view. Yeah, we got an upgrade. Yeah, we got a free upgrade. That was great. Off a of Groupon. I didn't think they did that. <laughs> if anything, it's a free downgrade. They're like, you know what? No, you don't get this room. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that anyway, I'm trying to think. I have not stayed anywhere super unique, honestly. The floating hotel is is definitely one of them. I've stayed at some Airbnbs, but they're all just like houses. They're not really anything. I'm trying to think of if I've stayed anywhere like crazy. Or like unique or anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm kind of drawing a blank here. What about you? You stayed at more places than I have. Well, um, I think one of my favorites was a homestay I did in Vietnam. That was really nice. We were staying at someone's home. It wasn't like an Airbnb because the people were there and they had – it was like a little tiny hotel at the person's home. But it was really nice because you're actually at a house. There was a nice little garden. Uh, every morning the lady – would uh, go out somewhere into town and come back with some local street food that she would serve us for breakfast. So we got to try so much food. This is in, uh, in Hue, which is the like old imperial capital. It's like right in the middle of Vietnam. And so we got to try all this great food. The town itself is, is known for its food. <laughs> it's kind of the foodie part, which in a country that's already famous for its really good food, of course. And so we got such a good connection with that local place by having just local breakfast every morning and someone show, showing us around and taking us around. So that was nice. That's how I kind of like to travel, staying at like homestays, stuff like that with the family because then you get to, you know, you get to learn a bit. I haven't done it all that much, but that was a fun one. Other than that, I mean, I typically stay at pretty cheap places when I'm traveling. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed when we were in... The second place we stayed in, in Canchanabri. Oh, at the bus stop. Yeah. It was weirdly nice. It was weird. It was tiny. It was so small and so simple, but it, it was, was really... super, super tiny. That one did have air conditioning. That was nice. Yeah. It was in a weird location too. <laughs> it was, but they had a nice little garden. You could get some tea and like yeah. Yeah. sit out in the garden. And it was, it was right off the like rotunda where the buses all went. Yeah. It was in a really weird spot. But I mean, they always had street food right there. We got some great chicken and some Cheers beer, lager beer. That's where we discovered how funny that and that label was. See, for me, my favorite places are based way more off memory than they are the place. And so I would like to try and stay at some like unique places. It just sounds fun. <laughs> you know, traveling around, staying at weird places. Yeah, sometimes that can give you a good memory. I think I would like to try house sitting sometime. I think that might be... An interesting mm-hmm. experience, you know, get some uh, some cool houses, some local neighborhood experience. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, again, huge thanks to Brittany. That was a lot of fun and it kind of <laughs> opened my eyes to something I did not know. <laughs> awesome. Very good. Well, James, it's time for our favorite segment, Adventures in the News. Now, this week, sir, it's my turn. 
this is one for you. This is something you can do, James. Okay. So there is a $10,000 treasure hidden in Colorado. Mm. So this is by uh, Tin Cup Whiskey. Uh, whiskey company tin cup whiskey has been hosting a treasure hunt over the last few weeks and their latest round of clues are about to send searchers to the trails in colorado this company has created uh what they call hiders they've got three golden shot glasses placed on various trails uh, around colorado so when your cup is found it gives you yeah you you exchange it with to them for ten thousand dollars cash prize it is somewhere in Colorado, James, and there are clues, and the clues so far are this. It is not buried. It mm-hmm. is off the beaten path. It's nowhere dangerous. It's outside, uh, found after an adventure worth toasting, they say. There are other clues as well that they are releasing on their Instagram as well as their other social media. So it seems like kind of a fun, you know, a fun thing. It reminds me a bit of the Forest Finn treasure, which maybe we could do mm-hmm. a whole episode about that. Yeah, I was just about to bring up that. So there you go, James. So maybe if you uh, follow the clues, you can find a golden shot glass and get $10,000. I could use $10,000. And then we will not need to ask people to go to our ko-fi.com slash attempt adventure and support the show. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing, the thing about that is I worry about someone not knowing and finding it and then just throwing it away thinking it's litter. But anyway, I'm sure they're looking out for that. If I found a golden shot glass, I might just I might just keep it. I don't think I'd throw it away. I'd be like, yeah. oh, this is cool. I put it on my shelf, not knowing it was worth $10,000. Uh, <laughs> That's cool, though. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. See, there's a lot of trails in Colorado. Yeah, I think they've given more specific clues than that. I think that you can you can find those clues, but uh, okay. it's meant to be found. You know, it's not meant to be something you just, just you know stumble upon. So I think they're going to be giving actual <laughs> that you can follow uh i've not looked into the clues i don't live anywhere near but uh but you do so check it out james i'll send you the link <laughs> okay i'll try and get us ten thousand dollars okay counting on you i'll split it with you <laughs> okay deal <laughs> cool well guys again if you enjoyed the show don't forget to subscribe please consider giving us a review on your podcast app of choice maybe a five-star review if you're feeling generous and if you really enjoy our show it does definitely help us out. Uh, and before we finish up, I want to give you one last reminder to check out our Kofi page, as well as to uh, participate in the monthly challenge, which is to write a thousand words about your hometown, like a travel writer. Right? You can always find more Attempt Adventure content on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, where we are Attempt Adventure. You can also find us on Twitter at AttemptPod. I started tweeting out the new episodes. I don't think I'm going to do much with Twitter. It's not the best place to get in touch with us. It will be very sporadic at best, I think. (laughs) But as usual, the best place to find us is attemptadventure.com, where you can find our show notes, you can find pictures from the episodes, blog posts, news, updates about the uh, the monthly challenge, and stuff like that. You can also send us listener mail. We want to hear from you. Hello at attemptadventure.com. We would uh, be really excited to hear whatever you have to say. We read every message we get. You can also click on the Contact Us button on our website, attemptadventure.com. All right, everyone. Thanks again for listening. And as always, until next time, keep adventuring.